Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast, a.k.a. the Chris Vaccaro Show. Rundown provided by Chris Vaccaro, ideas provided by Chris Vaccaro, and then two of us are here just to kind of prop him up and keep his ego large. Uh, So joining me, (laughs) Chris Vaccaro! (laughs) What's up, Chris? Yeah, Nando, thanks for that introduction, and uh, I I greatly appreciate it, and uh, let's get the show going. Well, all right, or we can introduce Brandon Marley. Yo, yo, yo. Hi. <laughs> I'm excited. Very serious green drink today. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to be healthy. I got to get it together because I can't hit that week eight slump that all of us analysts hit. I swear, it's always week eight when you're like, oh, I got to get through the season. We got an extra game this year, so got to use the oh, green yeah. drink. Save some in the tank. I just want to enjoy Halloween and I got to write this column. Like that's, that's, I, I know that feeling. Yeah. Or I just want to take a nap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or that. Not even enjoy anything, but just sleep. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's going to be great. But I, I am, you know, I, you know, I, I had a, you know, a, a birthday recently and I was like, you know, maybe I need to get you know, into green drinks, you know? Yeah. It happens. Blah. All right. Well, we won't judge you. This is a judgment free zone. That's so. Right. Well, and yeah. let me tell you, when you get older too, you realize that when, players get older it just takes longer is the theme right it just you'll still repair it just takes longer so there's a little fantasy tidbit on that too with aging and it's it's totally true and that's what you have to think about that was a beautiful t- you know what mm-hmm. speaking of which on the thank you for that because you segued i'm gonna segue your segue Ooh. um I was we, we, this is the tight end show today by request from Chris by demand from Chris <laughs> there we go yeah <laughs> and I was looking at so Hayden Hurst uh, is someone who I've been you know in deeper leagues in the best balls um, I've been grabbing and I like I'm like man I forgot how, he's older you know like he's like 27 and it just kind of like his career's over you know what I mean like there's not a lot of room for this guy to grow he's not like the 24 year old who just got drafted a few years ago he's 27. Um, not a tight end, though. I mean, Kelsey's thirty-one. If that isn't the most. If that isn't the most Nando thing to do, is start off a tight end show talking about Hayden Hurst, <laughs> who's outside of the top two hundred and fifty overall. There will never be more of a Nando thing than that. Well, actually, Chris, technically, according to NFFC, of which you're a Hall of Famer, he's at two forty-seven point two nine. So there you go. Ah, you so caught me on that one. Uh-huh. Yeah, you caught me on that one. It's in the rundown. Yeah. Well, right. you, I knew you loved him because um, he he basically gave us the ADP, everybody out there listening, uh, for the the tight ends so that we could talk about all of them and, and strategy um, from the NFC. But but the problem is, is that he stopped at number 27, not 25, <laughs> not 30, but 27, who was Hayden Hurst. And I was like, he must really like Hayden Hurst. Yeah, if Hayden Hurst was number 42, Brandon, he would have went to 42. Exactly, right. like that's, 27. That's like, why 27? Okay. Mm-hmm. Can we please talk about the good tight ends? Yeah, let's do it. Everyone. Um, we were. Yeah. We'll get, we'll get into some there's There's some news like Sam Erlinger, Ellinger, got first team reps today. Rashad Bateman went down in a, in a, a heap uh, in practice today. But I don't like that. That one is way too new. We'll let them talk about that tomorrow. That's when we potentially have some, big, though. It's potentially big. But I mean, like, what if we waste 10 minutes giving the advice? No, that no, he's like, no, hey, everything's no, fine. And he's get not cramps. a tight end either. So Yeah, he's not a tight end, so we can't talk about him. Um, so here, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to talk about tight ends. I'm going to let Chris and Brandon, as, as always, go for it. Uh, I'll step back and, and let them volley, if you will. Um, Travis Kels, who we found out thanks to a tweet of his, it's Kels, it's not Kelsey, which is going to take a while to get used to. Uh, Brandon, let me start with you. Uh, like, cause I'm not a tight end in the first round kind of person. Are you like, how early do you take him? If you have like the number seven pick, do you start considering him or are you just like, no, I'm going to wait. Uh, no, I, you do, you do consider it because I mean, how many people in the first round have five back-to-back thousand plus yard seasons? 
I mean, that's incredible. And that's with him playing all the games or not all of the games. It doesn't matter. That's just what he's doing. Um, the touchdowns are a little bit up and down, just like everybody, because that's how touchdowns go. Um, but for the most part, you know, uh, you know, in the last you know few years, I, I don't know if you can get any more consistency. And again, you know, he is older, as we discussed earlier. He's 31. So out of all the biggies, I wouldn't. You know, I would put Waller and Kittle above him in terms of dynasty, but not in terms of, of, of redraft in any way, shape, or form. But the plain fact of the matter is that this is just how he plays football. And I also want to say, why didn't his publicist do the Kels thing years ago? The guy's 31 <laughs> right. years old. Like, how did we yeah, go this long? Late it's five nobody's, seasons. Nobody's changing the name now. Nobody's like, oh, touchdown, Travis Kels. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's been it's five, a late in the game. Five, year, five years of thousand plus yard seasons. And he didn't have enough confidence to be like, this is how to pronounce my name? What? Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm considering him. Uh, and the back half, especially if you can just come right around and get one of those, you know, top tier running backs that, that really, yes, because you're going to miss out on those like top five, top six running backs anyway, pretty much, unless it's a super flex. So this is, yeah, I think it's totally a valid strategy to start with Travis Kelsey at the end of your first round. Chris, how do you, I mean, like if you, I, I, I'm almost positive knowing you for all these years that you're not a tight end in the first round kind of guy, but. Yeah, like when I, go ahead. I'll no, just, I mean, well, listen, to, to that point, when have we really seen a lot of tight ends in the first round? This is really, you know, the, the dawn oh, Jimmy of a Graham new had age. A Jimmy Graham had I, a while. Yeah, I mean, late first round. I remember that year, and, and it blew up in people's faces in his heyday. Um, it's so tough when you're building a, a team, Nando, in my opinion, uh, to build off of the tight end early approach, whether it's the first round or early second round. Um, it's not for me. I probably won't own a lot of Travis Kelsey this year for that, you know, for, for that reason. Uh, Brandon hit on the word of consistency, though, and that's why he is going as high as he is last night. Uh, you know, last night I was in a, a draft, an NFFC draft, uh, and he went third overall, no. which was the highest we've seen him. Uh, oh. I don't expect to see him that high. It was a McCaffrey, Cook, Kelsey. It went McCaffrey, Cook, and then, uh, and then Kelsey, yeah. And, you know, we haven't seen that at all. But, you know, you start seeing his name now uh, in that 7 to 10 range in a lot of these drafts. And people are going to want that advantage at the tight end position because we've seen through these past couple of years how big of an advantage in the fantasy game it is when the tight end position is dying off as the year goes on and people are just, you know, plugging and, and you know, plugging Cook. away. Let me, let me pick up Jared Cook again, right? Yeah, and, and you're getting five or six points, but here comes <laughs> Travis Kelsey in the lineup of, of the team in your league, and he's dropping 25 fantasy points on a weekly basis in a high-powered offense. Yeah, that's going to be something that, uh, you know, interests, uh, you know, a drafter's mind. But for me, the, the Kelsey approach this year for me is I look at him in the late first round, and I look at Darren Waller, who's making it into the early third round. And when I weigh that option, I say to myself, if I would go tight end early, I want to get a Darren Waller with a two-round discount than a Travis Kelsey in the first because I don't think there'll be that much of a drop-off. Maybe it's just so much Darren Waller love for me in that offense. But that's how I would uh, you know, approach Travis Kelsey. I associate Darren Waller with Brandon Marianne Lee because it was like 2015 or 16 in one of the FSTAs. And Chris, I think you and I were actually doing the team together. Brandon, we were just hanging out. I mean, it's a draft. And Brandon, like, I think it was like round 16. It was, it was a rather deep draft. It was so your last Darren pick, Waller. I think. It was your last Yeah, it was la- right? Yeah. Get Darren Waller. Get Darren Waller. And, you know, Baltimore Raven Darren Waller at the time. And I mean, I, mean, I, I doubt that you held on to him in any dynasty leagues or anything, but... You got to feel good. Like you, you called Darren Waller on Sirius XM, most likely. Yeah. I'm, there's a record. There's a record of it. I mean, he had two receptions for six yards. So I don't know if I'd call Colin Darren Waller <laughs> on that. But um, what I did do is I said, this slow guy is start to the career. a little bit of a slow start there. Um, but I said, and, and it's true that his talent was great, but he had massive issues, which he had to deal with, as we know. And we all saw all that on Hard Knocks and everything like that. So. That is just how that went. Uh, but I agree with Vicar. I mean, the the way to go about this, if you can, is to snag 
Darren Waller. Because to me, too, he, I think that Darren Waller is quite a bit above Kittle, in, in my opinion. And I, I know that uh, that's a little controversial here. It's just it's so valuable to to get those early round picks and building off of the you know the big time bell cow running back or your Devonte Adams Tyreek Hill's monster wide receivers. It's just the build of your team always looks a little you know off to me when you go with that early tight end Travis Kelsey team. You know you're either going to be a little weak at running back, you're either going to be a little short on the back end of your wide receiver two or three four. You know it's just tough. I'd rather get in that bell cow or or receiver and then hit Darren Waller if he's still there for me where we're now seeing him fall to that third round where he was going in that second round I know we have an ADP here Nando of of 21-22 but what's happening now in in high stakes drafts are you know those wide receivers those Terry McLaurins the uh, the AJ Browns even Keenan Allens and CD Lambs they're sneaking their way into the back end of the second round and a guy like Darren Waller is getting pushed to the third. So, um, you know, that that's what I'm seeing in drafts right now. And, and if I could scoop up Waller a, as my third pick in a draft, uh, yeah, that's what I'll be doing. Now, let's talk about Devontae Adams real quick. Because I here's here's the thing. This is the logic behind tra- taking Travis Kelce. Uh, because how many thousand-yard seasons has Devontae Adams had in the last five years? Five. Two. Really? But he's had double-digit touchdowns all but one. So the thing is, Mm. they're the same. In terms of total fantasy output, Travis Kelce is either the same or better if you have a tight end premium. So again, know your league settings. I'll repeat that five million times here. But the point is, is that that's why there's a rationale for having him at the end of the first, just like Devonta Adams, just like Tyreek Hill, right? Because mm-hmm. they're actually creating the same amount of fantasy points. And at the tight end position, you're not going to find that. Now, if you do that, though, you need to have a very distinct plan. You can't go in there with like a little cheat sheet and like, you know, wing it. You got to really have a distinct plan of who you're going to get that you think could also put up a thousand yards, double digit touchdowns at the, at the wide receiver and the running back position later on in the draft. Like you're going to have to kind of, you know, no risk it, no biscuit, you know, like you're going to have to decide Mm -hmm. who those people are, but it is the same fantasy output. And I think that's the argument. And, you know, Darren Waller back to back thousand yard seasons, right? So I I think that when we're talking about these guys and then last year, obviously it was tragic for Kittle, but the two seasons before were back to back thousand yard seasons. So really those three are kind of the big dudes for a reason. And that's why, that's why they're going higher for those of you that are really hesitant. And that's why Darren Waller, if he can do a thousand yards and you can get him in three, that means you could get Adams, an awesome running back and a thousand yard dude in those first three rounds. And I agree. That's, that's just all the money. Yeah. Plus, I mean, he's the focal point of his particular offense in Waller, um, you know, so for the discount, like we said, uh, I think we both prefer that. Uh, let me let me move right on to Kyle Pitts, um, mm-hmm. because I find him super intriguing. He's a rookie. He's a rookie tight end. Um, he's creeping up draft boards right now from I pulled the the ADP from August 1st to August 8th. So it's just very recent and not really affected by any of the I mean, it's 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 a reflection of the injuries that have happened so far. Um, but Kyle Pitts at 52.07, I, I think the question, I mean, like, it seems like I haven't seen anyone be like, beware Kyle Pitts, he's going to be a bust. But Vaccaro, like, is at what point, how high does Kyle Pitts have to go for you to be like, that's, that's a bust warning right now for me? Is he already there? No, no. You know, he's a, he's an interesting player in, in drafts right now. Uh, he goes all over the board. I see some people jump him, uh, you know, to the third, to the late third round. Uh, people that are all in on the talent. And believe me, this kid, Kyle Pitts is the type of tight end that in a year or two from now, we're going to be drafting him where we're taking Travis Kelsey. He's going to be an end of the first rounder, early second rounder. The kid's a can't miss prospect. He's uncoverable. Uh, you're, the reports are glowing already. Once the Julio Jones got traded, you know, uh, during the summer, Kyle Pitts' ADP shot up, and uh, it should be. He's going to be, along with Ridley, the, you know, the whole passing game in Atlanta. And uh, where he's coming off the board right now in that fourth, late fourth, early fifth round uh, in most of these drafts, uh, he's definitely a target of mine. 
are people gonna? I mean, are people gonna start saying? And Brandon, I'll, I'll ask you this one: like, Pitts should be in that top tier. Like, is he gonna start creeping up over the next few weeks as we get these glowing reports and how big of a part of the offense he is? Because right now it's like, like you say, Kelsey Waller Kittle is kind of like the. Well, there's Kelsey and then Waller Kittle, I guess, and then it's like Pitts, Hawkinson, and Andrews are bunched up uh, in that mm-hmm. fifty to sixty range. Is Pitts gonna kind of maneuver his way up into that Kittle area? You think? Is he playing in nineteen sixty one? Because if I he's like not, these questions you ask the um, no. And I'll tell you why. Because that's the last time a rookie tight end has gone over a thousand yards, and it was Ditka. That's it. That's the only <laughs> one. Okay. So, and that's a different era. I think we can safely say in football, right? The next most yards was Jeremy Shockey in two thousand two. Now. I like to believe 2002 was five years ago because of my age, but it was not. (laughs) And so that's the last time. And then the only other people to go over 800 yards were Keith Jackson in 1988 and Charles Young in 1973. So uh, in terms of yards, it's just just highly unlikely. Do I think that he could be in there? I mean, again, you're just banking on him setting records. That's that's what you got to do. Now, who else had a great season? Uh, was, of course, what we remember, Rob Gronkowski. Now, he only had 546 yards, but he had 10 touchdowns. It was beautiful. Uh, But he is the only tight end to do that, um, other than Ditka. Again, double-digit touchdowns because he was unreal. Unreal in 1961. But it is not 1961, so I'm going to say no, he's not top tier. Will he be? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I'm a huge Kalpitz fan i mean who isn't but what's not what's not on? what's not top tier brandon are we talking like you can't draft him as kelsey and waller range because yeah. that's not what we're doing well, this that, year where we're getting the where they're getting the, the five round discount and taking him in the fifth round and you know that's in I the fifth round are you down with 500 yards 500 for kyle pitts I'm just Kyle saying, Pitts that's what Gronkowski did. away 1,000 yards this year. No he's way. Gonna, Again, he, the only person to do it is Ditka. I mean, do you think that matter. he's it's going to set it's records? It's a different generation. It's a different type of game. He's he's a 4-4 tight end, and they drafted him in the top but five overall. that's not my to come point. In. No one's right. done it recently. No well, one's I even mean, come close. Like, we're talking at least 200 yards. But who's been generational talent that's come out Rob at the tight end position? Rob Gronkowski. I mean, he was drafted in the second round. What third? I, what was he drafted? Third round, I think. Second or third okay, round. I'm just talking about all of the best, literally all of the best tight end seasons, rookie seasons of all time. Period. Mm-hmm. This is it. There's only one person that went over a thousand yards, and it was Ditka. It's okay. Maybe he will break records, but you have to bank on that if you think that he is going to be. Because you know that was that was Nando's question. Is he, you know, why isn't he being, dra- you know, should he be drafted up higher? Listen, there's no way he can go higher than four. I think four is still out of control because it just doesn't make sense. Even if he breaks history, that would be the best, again, the most yards out of anyone since 2002 was Jeremy Shockey at 894. That would be record-breaking if he could get there. Now, Shockey only had two touchdowns, so you don't love that. But the point is, is that it's like, we're, we're, we're drafting him at a record. You can do that if you think he's really going to break all of the current records of any tight end in history mm-hmm. other than Ditka. Do it. But Ditka was 1961. Here's what's going to happen with Pitts. You know, we're going to get a look at him for a couple games in this offense. If they play the starters uh, for Atlanta, you know, if they put him out there with Matt Ryan for first half and he goes six for 75 and a touchdown, he's going to find himself in that top. 45 overall come every draft at in, at the end of August and maybe even higher. You know, FFWC drafts where it's tight end premium, he's already locked in as a top 36 overall pick uh, just because of the advantage he could possibly give you at the tight end position compared to what's down the line at the tight end position this year. You know, there's this huge drop off. You know, we've already said the Kelsey and Waller. We didn't touch on Kittle too much. Everybody, I think the George Kittle um, hate is starting to get a little crazy. Oh, I agree. You know, three months ago, three, four months ago when draft started, George Kittle was a top 24 locked-in pick. Then he started falling a little more, a little more, a little more. Now you can find him falling out of the top 36 just because as an industry, the whole fantasy industry jumps on somebody's name and either they love him like a C.D. Lamb and they just make him go from a third rounder to a mid-second rounder to an early second rounder and just on and on and on 
you know, or as an industry, everybody hates a player and everybody wants to jump on that bandwagon where it's like, yeah, I don't like him either. I don't like him either. And then nobody wants to touch him in drafts and he falls to outside of the 36. That's what we're seeing with George Kittle on top of like, you know, the injury issues with him. But George Kittle could be the steal of fantasy drafts this year of, of where he's going right now. I would much rather have Kittle than Pitts because, again, hey, you mm-hmm. can take him wherever you want. You're just banking on history. You have to believe he will break all historic records to make up for being a second or third round pick, even with a tight end premium. That's all. Mm-hmm. And if you do think he's going to break all the records, then great. But if he doesn't, I'm just all about tempering expectations. The likelihood of him returning second or third round value is low. And that's unfortunate because he's a great player, and I don't want people then to have a backlash. I can already feel the 2022 backlash happening for Kyle Pitts. Oh, he was such a disappointment because of that. And it's like, yeah, that's what it looks like, historically speaking. So I'm just preparing people that I guess if it's going to go in the third round, it's a no for me. If he was like a fifth or sixth rounder, I'd be interested. But literally, I think that's where he's going to end up just because that's where everyone else did. That's where we're seeing him now, so I think that's what you have to weigh is, you know, late fourth round, early fifth round. Last night, in last night's draft, he went 61st overall. I'm looking at my board right now, and, you know, at that point, that's uh, that's a shot I think you got to take at the tight end position because it could give you that huge advantage so you don't have to jump into these next tiers of tight ends where you might be looking at three catches for 30 yards and being very disappointed, so... Uh, you know, drafters want to jump in and get in on one of these top six tight ends uh, right now instead of what's down the road. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I got a question before we get off pits. Uh, listener question from Varric Dan Zyper. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, you need, do you need a safer build? And Brandon, I'll go, I'll go to you for this one. Do you need a safer build in the first few rounds before taking pits at that price? How about that? That's a good one. I like that. I mean, I, I don't know what safer would be. There are only so many dudes going in the first two rounds, and all of them would be considered quote-unquote safe. I know. Terrible question from Van Riper. No, maybe. no. I, I just <laughs> No, but I, I think that maybe yeah. he means safer build later, because that's what I would say, is that you get that tight end, then you got to really wait on quarterback. You don't get both. You don't get both high. That, that, that would be a really tough build to, to make work. Um, so I think that, yeah, I think you get a little safer later. Um, or if it's winner take all, there should be no safety at all. Like, I, I, I feel like sometimes we're all about, I got to get the value and this person. But, but if only one person wins out of like, you know, because a lot of us are playing in leagues where it's like multiple leagues and then there's one person. I have to have a supreme team. Like, I, I can't have like just like safety. So it depends on what your league is like. But, um, to me, like all of the top two rounds are pretty solid. There's no one in there that I'm like, oof, that's really risky to me. Even like actually, 
Okay, you're gonna love this. I did get Saquon uh, in the middle of the second the other day. There you go. And I have a Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, uh, and then I got Aaron Rodgers and Ryan Tannehill and someone else in a in a super flex league. And I was like, well, that's thinking of you, and I was like, mm, that's delicious. Well, now look look how great all these Saquon Barkley second round drafters are, are looking these last two three weeks since the news broke. That's right. As of yesterday, you know, come <laughs> yesterday, Saquon shows up on the practice field. Everything's starting to look good now. And now, you you know, those dreams are over of getting him in the second round. From now on, he's going to be back in that first round. Uh, so if you took advantage of that, then, you know, you're, you're living the good life right now. But what DVR is saying is, is exactly that, like a safer build. Like if you took Saquon early, are you going to go in and, and, and grab Kyle Pitts in the fourth or fifth round? Or if you have that McCaffrey and, and Terry McLaurin start, are you willing right. to go and take that upside shot with a Kyle Pitts and go for it all? You like know, Nick maybe Chubb. in a big tournament. Yeah, like a Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb is the same. Exactly. Um, I look AJ at it a little Brown. differently. You know, I look at it a little differently than Brandon. Nanda, you just hit on. You just said like Nick Chubb, right? Nick Chubb to me is one of the 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 guys that's a, a safe early round pick to build off of. You know. There, there is a lot of question marks right now in this top, uh, you know, 24 when I look at the board from what it was a month ago. You know, there, you know, the Jonathan Taylors, that comes with a question mark. The Barclays, uh, Zeke, what's going on? Is Tony Pollard going to, you know, eat into his uh, production this year? There, there's those rumors of, you know, when Mike McCarthy comes out and says, yeah, you know, we have our eyes on the playoffs we're going to limit Zeke. We won't overwork him. And then he starts dropping from where that third, fourth overall pick, you saw him going sixth and seventh because drafters started getting scared. Um, so, it, you know, it's it's players like that. But um, I, I'm not hesitating on Kyle Pitts this year. I watched him in, in Florida uh, these last couple of seasons. I know uh, what I'll be getting with him, um, you know, as a talent. If he can tra- make it translate right away his rookie season— that's, uh, you know, to be determined. Brandon, it sounds like, so it sounds to me, actually, correct me if I'm wrong, that Chris has him at four, and you might have him at, like, seven. Like, I'm guessing the way you're talking about him, like, maybe Hawkinson, Andrews, maybe Noah Font have jumped over him a little bit. Maybe Logan Thomas. Brandon, you seem like a Logan Thomas kind of analyst <laughs> in all the times that I've known you. Yeah, and you know what? I, I am. And I'll tell you right. why. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Somebody knows me. Well, we have the three of us go back years, almost a decade. You know, like if you don't know these things and you're not paying attention, I think. I, yeah, I agree. I completely agree with you. And um, it's kind of how I knew we were going to 27 to Hayden Hurst. It's just going to happen. Um, <laughs> I, feel, <laughs> I feel like uh, I don't know how you could feel bad about the change of quarterback. Okay, so he had a, a, a nice little breakout season here um, with a change of quarterback that's a positive thing, and he's almost free. I mean, people are acting like, to, to me, he and Tunyon, like the backlash is out of control. Like, I don't know why people think they're going to fall off a cliff. Like, they, it's like they're being drafted like they're just, like, geez. and I get it. Logan Thomas had a lot of years where he wasn't doing anything, right? So did Darren Waller. Not that he's going to be Darren Waller, but at the tight end position, sometimes you can pop late because, again, age doesn't affect tight ends in the same way it does the other positions. So it doesn't really bother me. He is 30 years old. I mean, he's not going to be the greatest, but if you're someone that's going to do like a value tight end in the back, I don't know. I think it's him and Tanya, in my opinion. I don't, I mean, everyone else seems to hate them and like, oh, regression, regression, regression. Okay. I think that's built in. I mean, you know what I'm saying? And so I, I think that there are different ways to build with the tight end, which is what this whole show is about. But if you're waiting, I just say, this, why not? This entire show. This, this entire, entire show by show, request. By yeah. request. But that's one of the things that I'm looking I'll for. I'll never yeah. make a request again. Yeah. Oh, come on. This is good. It's working. This is <laughs> great. Never again. We're like a half hour in and we're only like number seven. Come on, man. This is a great show. I mean. I love, and you two are going at it. This is great. And the fact that he had six touchdowns with what his quarterback situation was last year is a miracle. By the way, the Darren Waller's first thousand-yard season, he only had five touchdowns. Same, two of the five seasons where um, Travis Kels had five thousand-yard uh, seasons, two of them only had five touchdowns. So, I mean, you know, I- I'm just saying, like, I-, I-, I think he did some like pretty miraculous things. He's one of the only holdovers that I feel good about on that team. So, I, I don't know. I mean, the value to me that late, if I'm waiting that long, again, you build different ways. I feel good about it. 
And I don't think he's going to go up because everyone else is like, oh, regression. So, you know, keep talking that regression. I like it. If we're staying on Logan Thomas real quick, the, you know, the positives, they value him enough in that organization to pay him big money in, in this offseason, which is great. Um, yeah, there's the quarterback change that, you know, you, you wonder about chemistry and everything right off the bat. My concern with Logan Thomas, and he's being drafted as a top 100 overall player and a top 10 tight end, so it's not like he's an afterthought or forgotten about. People have to go in on him um, as a starting tight end. But he, um, you know, they added in this offense here. They bring in a Curtis Samuel. Last year, there was really nothing else in this offense other than Terry McLaurin that, you know, allowed Logan Thomas to become the second threat in the pass game and to take advantage of that. Now, you worry about this season, does he take, you know, a step back? A step back? If this kid, Diami Brown, steps in as the th- number three uh, receiver, there's, um, you know, uh, there's, there's talks already that Fitzpatrick is in love with Adam Humphreys, who they brought into this offense out of the slot. Does he take another, you know, that's eating up the middle of the field where Logan Thomas can eat. So I worry about him taking a step back from expectations this year. I am not a Logan Thomas guy, unlike my counterpart here, Brandon Marianne Lee. Uh, I will not own a lot of Logan Thomas at his price, but I am with you with Robert Tanyan again. Um, I think he's a huge value. And, and it's I actually Tanyan. Tanya, he spoke up. About I always it. say Tanya. I've right, always right, said right, that. Right, right. I'll probably say that for the next five months too when I speak about him. But um, I think drafters, sticking around through the end of the season. Mm, if you're going to be on the show, I don't know, but <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> see if anyone else bows to your request for topics. There you go. Um, now with with Tanya, um, you know, I think drafters have a tough time. Adjusting their ADP once it's like set in, you know, like he's he was being drafted in that 120, 125 range when the Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, was iffy on what was going to happen. So people had to like fade him a little bit. He was falling to that 12, 13, 14th tight end off the board range. And now that Rodgers is back, I think everybody has it set in their mind that, oh, you know, Tanyan's like goes in that 115 to 130 overall range still. And they don't want to drastically adjust what his numbers could be now that Rodgers is back. Like, there's no reason to me that Tunyon shouldn't be going where Noah Fant and Dallas Goddard go and draft in, in that 80s range right after Mark Andrews comes off the board. You know, we're talking about a tight end with a Hall of Fame all-time quarterback who gets him the ball easily in the red zone and could be a double-digit touchdown guy. So what else do we want out of a tight end position once the elite six are off the board? So I think as we get closer to late August, Tanya's going to jump into that seventh or eighth tight end overall off the board. How are we feeling about Noah Font? Um, I personally love him. I personally love him. Right? Like, I, like I, I love him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, you, you look at his game log, he had seven games of seven targets or more. I mean, he was injured. It's, it's kind of tough, like, I guess when you're getting into the kind of this, not the muck of tight ends, but like this, mm-hmm. this, this tier of tight ends is a little boring. Um, and there's not, you know, there's, there's not anyone in there. You could be like, that guy's going to break out. Yeah. But this could be the league winning tier. You usually, you know, this is what I'm saying. Tier. Yeah. It's an exciting, I look at it opposite of you, Nando. And, and like you just said, Brandon, it, it's, you know, it's an exciting tier of once you get out of those top six, where you have to use those top five round picks on. Now I get the three or four or five round discount on this group. But they could jump in and produce, you know, one or two of these guys could produce top five numbers. There's no reason that, like, I was the biggest Dallas Goddard guy uh, these last three months. He was going to be my guy in my target at the tight end position. I fully expected Zach Ertz not to show up in camp. I thought they would move him. Uh, these, I'm still shocked that Ertz is in camp. I don't know what the plan is there. I still think Goddard well, is... Collect your millions of dollars, I think, is the plan for him. That is yeah. correct, and good for you. Yeah. You do you. <laughs> <All right>. Exactly. <laughs> but, I, you know, I'm shocked that they didn't trade him. Um, so I, I still believe in Goddard, uh, but you're going to get a, a bigger discount now that Zach Ertz is around. Yeah, and I'm the same way. I think the problem with the Broncos is the quarterback. And so we're all taking a big risk. <laughs> and there's just no way to get around it. 
They really genuinely believed they were getting Aaron Rodgers. They might get him next year, but that's not going to help us with Noah this year, is it? Mm-mm. So I, I'm a, I'm, that's the only thing. It is, it is a high-risk, high-reward situation with him in terms of because he had three touchdowns in each of his two seasons in the NFL so far, and I think that might be consistent. So that's he's not going to give you that pop. But again, he's going to give you consistency, full-point PPR. I think he's much more valuable. It's a little nuanced for me how I feel about him, and I think it's also going to depend on what they do with this quarterback competition. I it, let me tell you, my family does live in Denver, which you know, for those of you that that don't know me, um, that's part of why Nando was like, "What does Brandon think?" Uh, everybody no, thought we were hey, Aaron Rogers. It, Everyone. Did. It was just your turn to talk. That's all. It had nothing to do with your family ties to Denver. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. It should though, because I actually that's one of my little hot tips here. Local news. I, I encourage all of you to just kind of lightly start looking at some of the local news and what they're saying about these different teams because they have different insights. It's and and it's interesting because like I I drafted Philip Lindsay his rookie season um, because he was killing it and I knew that he was going to do well. You know what I'm saying? Like there there are people that you hear more about if you're in the local thing. Now don't go in hook line and sinker, but for these last rounds just as a like hot tip segue, for your last few rounds, if you just have a little bit of feelers, I think it really is beneficial. Um but I will say with with the quarterback situation, that is a problem with tight ends. Does the quarterback A have a secure job? B use tight ends and then C does the offensive coordinator also use tight ends and have a good relationship mm-hmm. with said quarterback? Because usage is everything for tight ends. They can have all the talent in the world, but if no one's going to throw them the ball, I believe Noah and, and um, uh, Jerry Judy, I believe, ha- I believe they both had t- some of the least catchable passes in the NFL last year. Yeah. Um, so with Drew Locke throwing it all over the place. I mean, he was just a wild man. So, you know, that's a problem. And, and he can't fix that. There's no amount of talent that can make a ball th- travel in the air appropriately. And, and, I, and that's what I'm nervous about. So, Well, I mean, that's, that's why this quarterback competition is really going to, you know, directly affect who I'm in on on this offense. Like if Teddy Bridgewater wins this job, you know, it's going to make me move up Fant and Judy and maybe even Sutton, maybe that extra round to, to go get them. And Tim you know? Patrick is a fantastic football player if you're in a super deep league. Just putting that out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so Pat Shermer is the offensive coordinator for the Broncos. Um, he had Teddy Bridgewater for a season in Minnesota when he was there. But one thing I love, just going off of Brandon, is like f- pro football reference, you can actually look up the Shermer page. You can go through all the teams he's OC'd, and you can actually see like he, you know, he had some good Kyle Rudolph seasons. Like he uses the tight end. It's uh, it's not an OJ Howard situation here. Yeah, I mean Nando, that's that's one of those you know debates about you know if he had two blocking tight ends, Pat Shermer, would his numbers would he be going to the tight end a lot? You know, like you you always wonder like based on the talent that they have you know he had Kyle Rudolph in his prime so those numbers and stats are going to look drastically different you know I, I it's it's a good thing to go back on and look sure but you got I think it all comes in context and I think well, it's also about his sorry, relationship sorry, with his quarterback <laughs> sorry to shoot down you Pat Shermer yeah <laughs> it works no but it, it does I still work. believe it but how does he work with his quarterback again. So if it's if it's Teddy Bridgewater, I think everyone on this podcast feels better about life, as long as the organization stays out of it. <laughs> and I'm talking to you, Elway. I think we're going to see Teddy Bridgewater, but I think there is a part of the organization that wants to try out Drew Lock one last time, and I'm really mm-hmm. worried about that. I do not like it at all. Um. So we got. I mean, we're like 40 minutes into the show. I just want to make sure, uh, Mr. Vaccaro, have we done an okay job? And is there anyone you want to bring up so far that we've missed? Uh, well, we did, we did skip over one guy, and it's the well, guy guess. that... Can we guess? Who? Yeah. Describe him, and we'll see if Brandon and I can guess who you're... I'm not going to play these games with you, Nando. It's TJ Hawkinson. No, oh, uh, come on, man! It's TJ Hawkinson. Probably my favorite tight end um, out of you know the top 12, and somebody that uh, really interests me. Uh, I think he belongs above. I think he. I think he can make an argument. You can make an argument for him in the George Kittle range. 
honestly, uh, as, as the number three Make tight it. end off the board this year. I think he's going to be the focal point of a passing game on a team that is going to be trailing from behind uh, a ton and uh, you know lacks a ton of talent at the wide receiver position. So if you can give me a tight end that is the focal point and the number one target in a passing game, uh, you know, Jared Goff loves the tight end, uh, loves to drop it down to him. I don't see any reason why TJ Hawkinson is at a double-digit target uh, each game. Um, and, and right now, his ADP is 62 overall. So I don't even have to pay a top four-round price for, uh, you know, a guy like that. Uh, sign me up all day, every day. I got a follow-up. I got a quick follow-up on that. Mm-hmm. Say you're doing that, and say just someone else in your league has the same idea, and they go Hawkinson a little early. What are you left sifting through? Like, what's your move then? Because I mean, it's it's a, kind of a dangerous game waiting on someone. You know, well, what's on the board? You're saying well, say, if they jump say, Hawkinson to where third tight end off the board? No, I'm just saying if they jump Hawkinson, let's just say his someone takes him the pick before you okay. or the round before you, and Pitts sure. is gone, Kittle's gone, Waller, Kelsey. I'll say Mark Andrews is gone. He's close enough. Sure, it's yeah. it's it. Your your plan completely shifts. Then now it's right. I'm not getting a tight end early. Now I'm gonna go to my sleeper tight ends. Maybe I'm gonna hit that. Maybe this is a draft that I'm gonna hit my Phantom Goddard mid. Uh, you know, late to mid round. Uh, when I say late round, I'm you know I'm talking after the seventh round. Now now maybe my focus shifts there. You know, the the good thing about this tight end position as a whole, for me personally, I can only speak for, is I actually really like it as an overall because I feel that there's each tier, there's guys I'm interested in, you know? We talked about the Waller early approach. We talked about the mid-range with the Pitts and Hawkinson. You know, if they come at a nice value to me, I'm not... I, here, here's what I'm trying to say, guys. I don't need to reach for the tight end position at all throughout this draft. And there's guys I like late. So... Yep, Adam Troutman. When I'm on the board on any round, if that particular guy comes to me at that nice value... Boom, that's when I'm going to be taking my tight end. I don't have to say to myself in a draft, oh my God, I hate every tight end from the ninth guy off the board till the end of the draft. I need to get my Pitts, Hawkinson, Mark Andrews. So I'm good at the tight end position personally this year. Brandon, Mary Ann Lee, we're going to bring up Adam Troutman. Go. Hot. It's hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, listen, I, I know that this uh, sounds bad, but the second Michael Thomas put something up in Comic Sans, I was like, call me Troutman. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we know that this team has supported massive tight end production in the past with Jimmy Graham when they had him. Uh, and I think that, that, that Troutman's next up. I think this is going to be really exciting stuff. Um, he's 6'4", 253, 24 years old. You know, I just think that he is the type of sleeper tight end that you want because he's going to have a ton of targets. Um, we're we're watching this quarterback competition as well, um, mm-hmm. but I actually don't care who it is to be honest with you. Um, yeah, and I this one that, I don't either, Brandon. I agree with that. Not at all. So, um, so I don't care. So I say this is also about. We know Sean Payton likes to use the tight end, and and that's going to be. It's just going to happen. It's it's. This is probably the most sure sleeper pick that you can pick this year, period. And drafters agree with that because he's moving up the board to a top 12 tight end uh, off the board. So I know this ADP is about 145, 150-ish range, but I see him in drafts now on a nightly basis going in that 115 to 125 range. So Drafters are on to him. They have been. They've been talking him up as an industry. That's going to, you know, that generates the buzz. And uh, like you said, Brandon, when Michael Thomas came out of this offense and you look around at the wide receivers they have available, Mm -mm. you know, it's kind of like a TJ Hawkinson light type of situation that I was talking about earlier, where this guy, hey, he might be the focal point of their passing game early in the season until Michael Thomas comes back, whenever that is. And I'm going to say something. I think that Adam Troutman is going to have a better stat line than Kyle Pitts. Oh, wow. All right. Let's throw that. All right. Hot wow. take from Brandon. <laughs> Hot take from he's Brandon. Gonna, he's going to either have more yards or more touchdowns or both than Kyle Pitts this year. That's okay. how that's how firm I feel about Adam Troutman. And you can get him way farther back in that draft. To me, he should be in that tier because that's where the production is for the tight ends in that 
that team almost every year. Yeah, and and he's definitely a target of mine if, on, on teams that I wait on the tight end position, which I personally have been known to do. Uh, you know, building wise, uh, when I build a lot of my people teams. talk about that. If I go, listen, you know, I'm more of a get my elite tier quarterback earlier than my tight end earlier. So I know we touched on that earlier in the show about one of my main things is I'll never take the quarterback and a tight end both early top six rounds on a team. That's just something. If I have a quarterback early, well, then I'm waiting on tight end. If I take a tight end in the top five rounds, well, then I'm going with a later round quarterback approach. So... You know, Troutman's a guy where if I'm building off of a Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson teams like that, Troutman's definitely a guy I have my eye on. Yeah, and I was saying that earlier too. That when we were talking about safe drafts, that was exactly what I was saying. You just can't do the unsafe drafts is when you do both tight end and quarterback. That's just you know, you then you're really just you're losing too much value at the other positions. Just way too much value. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm uh, at the behest of Derek Van Riper. I'm looking up, uh, well, I guess I don't see too many player props just yet, but we're going to look up some Adam Troutman player props to see if Brandon can make a lot of money on this thing. <laughs> I should look that up. I need to do, I need to get into that right now. I've been just you doing should... research, so I haven't really been like doing as much playing and I need to get out there. While you look up the player prop for, yeah, for let, him let me, there. Let me bring yeah. up. Uh, Go ahead. Oh, wait, who? All right, so it's Vaquero, so it's got to be someone in the top five or six. So who haven't we talked to yet? Uh, probably Mark Andrews. I think you want to talk about Mark Andrews. No, not really. He's, you know what, you know, people Johnny are starting Smith. to get out. Well, Jonu Smith now is going to see his value rise with the Hunter Henry injury that's going to keep him out multiple weeks. Uh, and you don't know what AC joint sprains, which is supposedly what Henry has right now. But, you know, that could linger. You know, we've seen that with players in these past years. Everybody, oh, he's got an AC joint sprain and in his shoulder, and he'll be out two to three weeks. And the thing lingers for a month or two, and then he comes back early, re-injures it, and now all of a sudden, if you've got Jonu Smith at where he's going off the board, which is in that 150 overall range as your tight end two or, you know, somebody that, that you wait late on to be your starting tight end, he could produce top eight numbers, you know? You knew Belichick has talked glowingly about Jonu Smith for years. Absolutely love him. He goes and makes it a priority on day one of free agency to go get Jonu Smith, bring him in, and form the you know the old school days of you know Gronk and Hernandez light with a Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry here. So if Henry's out of this offense, it's another offense that could be built in the passing game wise around uh, Jonu Smith. He could be a nice six for seventy every week type of tight end and if you're giving me 13 to 15 fantasy points in ppr and you got him in the you know the 12th round who's better than you i don't know how we all don't see this coming like of course Jonu smith is gonna have 1078 with 11 touchdowns this year right it's it's a possibility <laughs> it's such a patriots it's such it a patriots a po- thing yes. to do it's total patriot thing that's why there's so many names here in this 12 to 18 range at the tight end position that you can wait on that position on the position and put two of these guys on your fantasy team and let it work itself out you know another guy I'm in love with this year is Cole Komet another guy I think that should be going a couple rounds higher he 20, came on he's late in 20 the, right now yeah he came on late in in these off uh you know for the Bears he's a high round pick uh he passes the eye test uh, you know, we look at the wide receiver depth chart in Chicago, and yeah, you know, Mooney's getting all the love as a, as a legit number two to Allen Robinson, but hey, there's no reason that Cole Komet can't stay on the field every down and be the second or third passing option in this Bears offense this year and completely destroy his ADP, uh, you know, value uh, this year. Brandon, I was going to let you comment on that, but we don't have to. 
I mean, I'm into it. I, I completely yeah, agree I'm with the fact. Yeah. This whole section is very interesting to me. Um, you know, there's a couple. It's like you can justify everyone, right? Yeah, because like you know, if you look at Fersker or if you look at Knox, you're like, well, are they going to take the leap this year? You know, they're. You look at Eric. Yeah, Eric Ebron, Austin Hooper, like, oh, they've done it before. Maybe they could be fits in these offenses. You know, like it's everyone's got like a story. Yeah, yeah, but I, I think I'm a little more interested in the the, the younger dudes. But I, I think, you know, I just to talk about. Tennessee just has so many targets right now. I'm a little confused as to who will get what. I do know that Julio doesn't get touchdowns. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I think that, you know, that is an interesting offense. And in terms of, you know, there was only one offense that scored more points than Tennessee. So if you're looking for, you know, overall production and touchdown possibilities, it's right there. They have so many weapons, though, that it's going to keep his ADP really low, right? Anthony Fersker. So I, I think that. That in, that intrigues me, though. If I'm taking someone, again, a lot of us play in very, very deep leagues. So these are very important players. So if he drops to a certain level, he's he's a big-time target for me. And again, I think Dawson Knox, I mean, Josh Allen just throws it everywhere, right? I mean, this is just, you know, and then when we get close, he just runs it in. So I don't want any, <laughs> the running back action can be a little dicey with the touchdowns. But I think Knox is going to really pick it up this year. So I feel interested. I'm interested in him, too. Again, I feel like this is an exciting portion of it. But... 90% of them are going to be very frustrating because it is still the tight end position. <laughs> so when the reality comes in, one of these are going to hit. We don't know which one per se, but it is a, it is still a tough position. And so my empathy for everyone who plays fantasy, if you are in tight end premium, I can't say this enough, I really would try to get one of the top six players. I mean, I, I, I really think that it's worth it to feel out your league, get one of the top dudes, because if you're streaming tight ends and a tight end premium all year long, that might be a big deal. And I'm going to be interested in what this extra game is because it's one of my, not to segue again, but my problem with Travis Kels is that he is going to, now I'm going to correct myself forever. Uh, he, it's annoying, right? It's, a, it's really annoying. Like you, you lose your train of thought saying, is it Kels or Kelsey? I can't remember. And now I'm just angry about it. But uh how many games at the end are they going to hold him out? 31-year-old star t- tight end. And what is that going to do to your fantasy team? I'm just going to put that out there. Are they going to hold him out, and is it going to affect your fantasy team? If we have 18 games, I don't know. Well, I think that's why a lot of drafters are, are, are drafting so much running back depth because they could see like running back by committees uh, you know, this year with the extra game and the long season and, and you know, not – giving a lot of wear and tear to the starters and having valuable backups that they give the extra carries to each week early on in the season. I think, I think that's something to keep your eye on in September and early October, um, you know, with backs getting extra carries. But yeah. uh, I know this is a tight end show, but that was just, uh, you know, an off the cuff, off the cuff thought. But if we're right talking there. about construction, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they'll be more valuable. Yeah. I, I, I think I think you're going to be able to use guys like the Tony Pollards of the world. I think they'll get eight to ten carries in September e- each game. As you know, these coaches don't want to give their backs you know thirty carries in, in week two of the NFL, knowing oh god, this is a long season plus playoffs. So mm-hmm. you know, it's stuff like that, but. Unless you're the Steelers who decided to play their starters in the Hall of Fame game, which was enraging. <laughs> oh, that was ridiculous with Chase Claypool what? and, and, and giving Najee. Uh, Najee. I'm always going to, as soon as I Najee say Davenport, Najee right? Harris, I, for whatever reason, I keep saying <laughs> Najee Davenport. Remember Najee Davenport? Yes, I do. Yes. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that was pretty stupid uh, of Mike Tomlin to do that. But, hey, it's his team, and uh, he could do what he wants. And maybe he's going to yeah. run them into the ground through week 18. So, you know, maybe that was the sign that we got. But I, I, I'm going to be very interested to see how the teams decide to allot for that or if they don't. You know, especially if they're in the running for the playoffs, they're absolutely going to play them all the way through, no doubt. But if you're someone like Kansas City who's probably going to nail down that division by week seven, uh, then I think that there's a little more um, of a higher probability of that. But, you know, I remember last year, and this, I mean, this wasn't a huge thing, but a lot of people who I, I liked and respected were talking about James Robinson, you know, made the leap from kind of small college. He wasn't like one of those big colleges where they got 16 games, like in the NFL, basically. Um, you know, will they will they slow him down a little bit at the end of the year? And they didn't. And I feel like I'm, I'm no longer a believer in this. Are they going to 
you know, like in baseball, you're like innings limits, these rookies, these young guys, let's hold them to 160 pitches instead of or 160 innings instead of 200. And it, you know, if they did off season conditioning, they're fine. So to me, it's kind of like, I don't know if they're going to do that, man. Like, I think they're just going to run them. And if the guy gets hurt, they're like, all right, we got a guy right behind him. No, I think every team is different. Every, you know, it's tough to read oh, yeah, into okay, that. Thanks. Thanks, Johnny. No, I, and listen, right. it's, it's just tough to read into that. To predict. I'm going to stop talking. I'm just going to ask questions on the show. Well, but they did right. pull uh, <laughs> Travis Kelce in, in week 17 last year. He didn't That's play. Um, he did play in week 16. He, he had 98 yards and touchdowns. So that was beautiful. So in terms of fantasy, we didn't, you know, have a major loss. But with the extra game... And him being in a division that, in my opinion, is is probably not going to be competitive. I don't care about all you Herbert fans out there. They're still the Chargers. Uh, but I think that that there's a possibility that that becomes our championship week. Well, I mean, if you're playing your championship week in the last week of the season, when starters like Travis Kelsey, you know, Pat Mahomes, get, then you're in the wrong type of league. Well, I'm thinking so it's no, tough the to plan this out last. two weeks. Yeah, but second I mean, or even third uh, to last. You, you can't go into a season not wanting to f- to fade someone because you think two weeks before the season ends they might be resting them. You know, it, it's it's one thing to it happens across everything, every team that's going to the playoffs where they rest their starters the final week. But you know, championship week is going to be week 17 this year. You know, yeah. unless the it's it is what it is, and uh, you know, coaches won't rest starters two weeks out in advance, especially if they're getting the bye week, you know, in the first week of the players. Now you're talking three weeks off, unless they're nursing an injury. So I don't think we could, you know, start fading Chiefs and stuff. And uh, let's move Tyreek Hill down a little bit because he might not play the second to last week of the season. Uh, I don't think that's the right way to approach it. No, no, but I, again, I just wouldn't be surprised because they're in the not a great division. I mean, when uh, are they going to wrap it up? Like week seven? I mean, I'm serious. It's a terrible division. Anyway, it's speaking a of which, we're out of time, basically. And we didn't um, talk about Evan Ingram's top three tight end position, Nando. You didn't bring that up. You're bored. I feel like we talked about we we'll talked about Ingram last week. We'll talk about him every other week into okay. the future. Him and Hayden Hurst. So I didn't. Why? Why waste time on this show? <laughs> oh yeah, we didn't talk about your boy. Listen, Do you your boy Hayden Hurst. Hayden? Hey, listen, no, okay. your boy Hayden Hurst, for as much as I knock him in best balls throughout this summer, I always take him in the last round or two just because he's going to have those two or three games this year where he pops. That you know They want to go with a, t- a double tight end approach over there, and people are forgetting about Hurst. You know, well, that's it. Like if, if, it's, if you're listen, if, Arthur Smith is a tight end, you know, is a tight end coach. That's another reason to love Kyle Pitts. That's why people love Pitts. But you can't forget about Hayden Hurst. He's not going to be relegated to the bench. You know, they don't have that elite other option at wide receiver. The second option in the pass game, the 1B to the Calvin Ridley 1A is Pitts. But where does Hurst fit in? Who knows? Maybe he's the third option in the passing game this year. And they're going to have to use them to keep defenses honest. Otherwise, everyone else is going to just blanket those other two players. Mm-hmm. They got to keep them honest, and there's no one else to do it. Let's just end the show there with everybody getting along like this because this is a beautiful moment. <laughs> Kumbaya. I know, right? Oh. Uh, uh, shout out to Christopher Vaccaro for just an amazing suggestion uh, slash demand for how to do the show. Can't wait to see what's coming up next week. Nothing. Absolutely you nothing. You, you right, no right. request from me, Brandon. Make sure you give him all requests uh, throughout the uh, throughout the week because they're not coming from me. Brandon, just remember, like, clip this and remember this because I'm gonna, we'll, we'll play it uh, on Tuesday after he texts me. I don't know. This week we should talk about ADP sixty through eighty five. I can't wait. It's got to be NFFC. By the way, one of these weeks we're gonna talk about how I think you've just revealed like you're. I was in a draft last night. Two nights ago, I was like, you draft just every night, man. Uh, no, I limit myself. I do a couple of drafts. <laughs> I don't think so, week. man. Go back no, and listen. I, well, <laughs> I, I talk about the drafts that I'm recently in on the show. That's, you know, that's what I bring up. That's why we love you. All right, we got to go. Uh, thank you, Derek Van Riper, for the questions, for at least one of them. Um, Brandon Marianne Lee, welcome back. Thank you. Finish, finish the green drink now that you're free. Will Chris Vaccaro. Uh, executive producer of the show. Fine job once again. Thank, <laughs> thank you all you, for joining you. us. Check out uh, Brandon and Chris's first columns coming up this week, supposedly on The Athletics. So get excited. Brandon's going to be up twice this week. There's a lot to love. 
So check it out. Read it. Listen to this. And subscribe. And uh, we love you. Thanks for joining us. Bye!